Welcome to The Rockcast, a podcast of The Rock Student Ministry where we simply have real conversations about life, culture, and scripture. This is episode four, Hot Pockets and Hot Topics. Welcome to episode four of The Rockcast, which you just heard is a podcast of The Rock Student Ministries where we simply have conversations on life, culture, and scripture. I am Chris. And I'm Andrew. And today is all about tough topics. Sometimes life, culture, and scripture stop us in our tracks, and we don't always know the answer. So today, we're going to check a few of those things out. But hey, look, to start with, we want to look at some world stuff, just some things going on in the world that maybe you didn't know about, or maybe you needed a reminder about. The first thing is this, favorite hot pockets. If this episode is called Hot Pockets and hot topics. We got to talk about hot pockets. I would say that hot pockets are, they are, they have to be a top five college <laughs> totally. food. Totally. I would almost say, like, if my wife would buy them, they would once again become a top five Altman household item. So give me, give me, what's, what's, what's your favorite hot pocket? It's been a long time since I've had a hot pocket. I'll be honest, like, back in the day, there was just one that I knew of, and it was the original or the only. Pepperoni and cheese? That's all. I mean, like, why do you need more in life? Mm -hmm. I mean, pepperoni, cheese, that's all you need in a little pocket, and it's hot. Would you believe that that's the number one hot pocket in the nation? That's it. That tops the charts. It has to. And, And, you know, I think, all right, I don't know if these two things are related, and I can't even... Um, I can't even think about what they're called right now, and so they're they're going to kill me in our house. But it's the little pizza roll, pizza roll, pizza that roll. Pizza That's roll. it. Pizza rolls. You know what a pizza roll is? Mini hot pocket, a baby hot pocket. I've never thought about that. And so, like, if somebody is listening and they're like, "No way, dude!" The pizza bites or pizza rolls are number one. No, that's just a it's just a small imitation of the number one thing, which is hot pocket. Yeah, definitely pepperoni and cheese. Um, all day long. I think the one I've eaten the most of is they make a breakfast hot pocket ham and cheese and egg. Okay. Wasn't bad. I would try that. Yeah, I think you would like it. Yeah. I know you pretty well, and I think I think it'd be right up your alley. But again, my heart doctor and my wife would would, would I not, get that would not be okay with that. And and you're like, man, what a way to come out of the gates on the podcast. And it's just like, man, we just want to validate. Why we are one of the top ten podcasts in the nation because we bring don't don't fact check that no no definitely don't <laughs> fact check that or check check that that's why we bring stuff like this on on the biweekly you ain't hearing that on anything else no else life on Venus what's up what's up with that life on Venus so I saw an article today uh, the other day as we were working through what to um, what to bring up in this segment of the podcast so they found this gas called phosphine and if I'm saying that wrong you'll let me know. Um, and so they, they saw this from really far away on a telescope, and they see this gas on the outside of, of Venus. And so it's one of two things. One, it's either man-made, which there ain't no folks out there, so there's no man-making, or it's a byproduct of oh, hold on, life. Hold on. Bring it. Like middle school coming out in me. So, like, there is a possibility that there was a person there that had gas on <laughs> Venus. 
That's if what. I understood the article correctly, no, that's not what that is. Oh, you're just like so we, we <laughs> no can gas. we can we can produce gas other ways than I just like so. the standard middle school. That was funny. He yeah, guessed. I think so. I don't know how they do it. I just know that it ends up there. Okay. All right. So they're saying there could be like these little now, are there straight up folks on like Venus? No, no way. But I think they think there's like these little biological, like little membrane type things that could like possibly be there, which may lead to other stuff. I mean, I don't really know, but I'm thought life on Venus. I mean I got to click on this. I have to click on it. So, like, we've got the moon. We've got Mars. Next is Venus. I don't know. Would so you, all right, what, let's ask this. Would you ever live on anywhere other than Earth? Not first. I, I wouldn't be the first in line to raise my hand. Like, If you knew that you would be fine, would you take the trip? I would need to see some pictures. Like, the pictures I've seen of Mars, no. Like, I like flying over Arizona. I like to drive through deserts. But, like, for that to be my home... I mean, like, and maybe they say, hey, well, we can plant vegetation and it can survive. Where is it now? Yeah. Give me 10 years then. Let it all grow up and then I'll be there. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, if you go to Phoenix, I've never been to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I've been to Phoenix Airport and I've driven or flown over the land. And, like, you see, like, this, these great, luscious golf courses and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. Right in the middle of the desert, you got the most green grass I've ever seen. But maybe it's just a contrast of brown desert green grass and so maybe the grass is not really green but like yeah i mean if they can grow pretty grass on on mars and like we can like create some man-made rivers and lakes and oceans and beaches and stuff i'm all for it but from the pictures i've seen we got a ways to go they got a long way to go yeah it would be cool though it would be walmart 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 drones so we talked about amazon drones we go from venus to walmart yeah so now we're back at which is some ways crazier than than venus like yeah, I love Walmart. I'm a Walmart fan. Yeah, it kind of makes my blood pressure go up a little bit. It kind of worries me in some ways. Not even the COVID aspect of this stuff, but just like, like what? Do you, like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of people in Walmart all the time. They're running over people. They're always in the way of everything. They're I, in the, it's crazy. I, I, if if you give me a bedroom and a living room in the back yes. warehouse at Walmart, I would live it. Kind of like the Best Buy setups where you can watch. The, you can sit on the couch and see yeah. the TV. You need that in Walmart. You're never missing a game again. It would be good. So what what is up with the drone train? So they're saying that they're hoping to release. I think it's in Arkansas, aka Arkansas, in 2021. These drones that are deliver maybe like medical supplies or some kind of like I don't know some kind of health products to get things faster. So they're hoping. It's ordered. You got it in an hour. This drone mess is crazy. Yeah, it, it, it is. I'm, I'm a little bit scared. I'll just be no honest. No doubt. I'm, I'm a little scared of all this stuff, and I don't know if I trust it. Drone not. crashing? Um, what about that? So we got Hot Pockets. We got Life on Venus. We got Walmart and the drone train. And perhaps the, the biggest thing that we'll mention today outside of Hot Pockets would be this next thing for, I'm guessing it may only be for current seniors. Yeah. Maybe. I, I think so. So... Uh, here's what we're talking about. SAT and ACT scores are going to be optional. Now, I found an article. Now, whether it's true or not, I'm pretty sure it's true because it seemed like it was true, and it was on a UGA um, website. So some schools, kind of like UGA, are bypassing SAT and ACT scores for this upcoming um, enrollment year, which means what? Okay, that's one less stressful thing that you got to worry about when enrolling. But I think they may know, and I didn't read it super in depth to figure out why they're doing this. But you got to guess it's because of the COVID oh, thing, definitely. knowing that there's a gap in in education. Yeah, but it also brings up like, all right, so what have you been doing? Uh-huh. Because then all of a sudden, I mean, it's not like okay, I can pick any college I want to go to, and they're going to accept me. Not so fast because there's still this process of mm-hmm. more candidates 
than they can actually have at their school. Yep. And so I guess the track record, what's your track record in school? So it's a little challenging to think about, you know, what are you involved in? What are you participating in? What are your grades like mm-hmm. in school? Um, but I'm guessing they could go back and look at previous tests or practice oh, tests. I bet but so. then I'd be like, well, don't hold that against oh, yeah. me. It was just a practice. I skipped out on half of it. Because in some ways, maybe the SAT and the ACT was some people saving grace in that their grades weren't really good, but they did really good on the SAT and ACT. They need that. Well, you know, now I don't know is if optional means like you can still send it and they can bring it into consideration or, look, you don't have to yeah. provide it So anymore. if you knock it out of the park, I'm sending that and you better no accept doubt. it. But on my case, I mean, it was not my saving yeah. grace, this test course was. <laughs> Neither were my grades in real school. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just only by the grace <laughs> of God um, that we've got this. So, like, let's think about some tops of the month. Um, there's some top things that are going on. This is trending. And so, I mean, there is no special guest today. Nope. Uh, it's just you and I. Holy Spirit. And may we mention, too, where we're at. I mean, typically we're in the church sanctuary. Tonight we're in the rock sanctuary because tonight the rock is going down. So I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but you can know we're, we're recording this. It is 12.05 on Wednesday afternoon, September 16th, and tonight we're going to be on the stage in the same format, and we have uh, a covey full of chairs out here that are going to be filled with um, students. And also, if you've been watching um, the live services, you may have noticed last week we had had some some nice additions New to the additions. seating options with the red couches. I mean, they're popping right now. We're looking out over the empty sanctuary at the Rock, and uh, we're ready for you. So, um, but with that in mind, some other top things that are coming up and trending, t- I mean, definitely hashtag the Rock's happening tonight is I don't trending. know that it, anything tops that. No, but let's just go through some top songs, some top movies or shows or quotes um, you know, just because of you and I. I mean, the special guest today is The Rock. No we're doubt. We're in The Rock. It is a special guest. A lot's going on, so no special guest. So we're just going to bounce some things off. So top song. Um, we, I mean, you can't. Uh, it's hard to pick one. No doubt. No, right? I couldn't agree. And more. it's hard to pick one of any of these. So we'll, we'll provide some grace and, and liberty to kind of go a little bit more. So I don't know how, how you, you want to start. What, yeah, what bingo. Song? So I'm just going to throw out one, first of all, in, in artist, which is City of Light. Um, that's top of my list right now, especially when it comes to like worship music or even just like office music. I love their stuff. It's almost a mixture of it's it's contemporary, but it also has got a little acoustic feel to it. It's just it's almost a stripped down. But then I love that song, "Yet Not I, But Christ um, in Me, Through Me." Yeah, yet not yeah. I, but Christ through me. Yeah, yeah man, that's my it. song too. That's that's, good. that's that's one that I've got. And and I don't know confession time here. Bring it. I, you know, one great episode would be like um, song lyric mishaps to where like you sing a song for like 10 or 15 years and then one day or maybe it's just a couple of years or a couple of weeks and it's popular and you're singing it and you sing it in front of your friends and they're like what did you just say and you totally messed up um the lyrics i messed up this whole band's name like for i don't know for months i thought it was city Ight. <laughs> like I thought it was A I G H T. I missed Ike. the L because it was so skinny, and I'm like, oh, that's a cool name. I don't get it. A city I, you know, kind of a deal. But then I realized, oh, it's city alike, which makes a little more sense. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's my one. Um, that, I love their album, um, but 
it is a great, I'm working on a sermon, I'm doing some other things, I'm not really listening to the music, totally. but it's almost one of those that I can't listen to because I start listening to, and I start getting into uh-huh. the music, um, but it's, it's just a really cool thing. Um, another group that I've just recently got onto, and it's more like bluegrass, folk, um, but it's Mandolin Orange, mm. and the song would be Hey Stranger. I just love it. It's just like, it's corny, and I, I bet if any of our students were like, I'm going to check this out, you would quickly... You know, check out on them but i don't know give them a listen yeah i love words. it i think it's awesome that's a great sit in the office kind of music or sit at the back on the back deck maybe you got a little fire going the falls coming in man yeah i mean like yeah. that's it we did that a couple of weeks ago and we were out on the back porch and just turn on the little the bose sound speaker thing and um put on some mandolin orange and and go. I mean, mandolin, which is a little musical instrument, and orange. I love both of those things, and you put them together, you get songs like hey, Orange Stranger. makes me think of apple, like apple cider, like some kind of like, I don't know, cider in the winter. Oranges make you think of apple. Yeah, isn't okay. that weird? That's cool, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I threw this out a, a week or two ago, and uh-huh. I, I think it'd be good to like throw a quote down. It's accountability for you and I to be like, all right, what are you reading? And just don't go pull a book off the shelf, you know, last minute. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, yeah, that's a good quote. But maybe something that we've read in the last couple of weeks. So um, what about a quote? You got a quote or anything? Yeah, so we're reading uh, the uh, J.C. Ryle's A Thoughts for Young Men. And, uh, and so it's a really neat book if you've never read it. Um, really guy or girl. I mean, it's geared towards guys, but anybody can read it because it's just helpful for the Christian life. Um, It's an old guy. He's dead now, but it's been revised, so you don't have as much like old English and stuff. And so we've been reading it with high school guys, and uh, it's very topical. He just kind of hits some, some, I don't know, big points. And he, in one point, he's talking about prayer, and here's what he says, that prayer is the life breath of a man's soul. One thing that I've always struggled with is, is prayer. And it's like, it's literally, out of all the Christian disciplines, out of the whole Christian life, it's literally the easiest thing to do. Anywhere, anytime, in your mind, in your, I mean, anything. And like, we don't do it. And so like, this is a reminder for me um, that I need it. You know, I, I need to be praying daily. That's what Paul says, you know, that we are to pray without ceasing. I mean, I always got to be praying with my mouth. No, but it is truly a part of who you are as a Christian. You need to be praying. Mm-hmm. And then understand what that looks like. You know, uh-huh, we always absolutely. think of the folding the hands, closing your mm-hmm. eyes, and it's just in this solemn moment. But, you know, this conversation, it's a great quote. Mine comes from a book uh, that I started reading a couple weeks ago. Should be done with it this week. Jerry Bridges, The Pursuit of Holiness. Mm. Got it at McKay's Bookstore for $3. So awesome. And I think I already had a copy, but I'm like, I want this one because it's only $3. Um, the book is, is great. It's simple. I learned this too. Luke Frost, one of our former rock stars, um, has gone off. is at the uh, University of Georgia now. Helps out still with the rock mm-hmm. several times a year. Um, is a member of a ministry group up there called Navigators, the Navigators. Jerry Bridges worked with the Navigators back oh, in the so day. Cool. I'm like, I didn't know that. Cool. I didn't know it until I was like reading some of the credits and, and some of the things that he says. It's like you put two and two together, and you're like, oh, well, you were, you were on, like, on their board. You were working there. Oh, wow. Um, so the book is, obviously, The Pursuit of Holiness. It's better understanding what holiness is, this pursuit that we should have of this holiness. And, you know, I guess the whole premise of the book is this understanding that God has this responsibility in our holiness, mm-hmm. and then we, too, have this mm-hmm. responsibility in our holiness. Um, a lot of people either choose one or the other. They're trusting solely on God for all things, giving no effort in and of themselves. Or on the other side, it's more this legalistic, this law-abiding person who is attempting to do everything in and of themselves without ever trusting in God to 
you know, accompany that work and go before that work. And um, so, strangely enough, the quote doesn't come from Jerry Bridges. It's in his book, which he's quoting another person. And so, uh, it's in this chapter just, uh, about this this right view of sin and the damage it's brought to your life and your pursuit of holiness. And it says this, you can never see sin aright until we see it as against God. And so the first way that we need to view sin is not that it hurts me, that it does anything to me, but a sin is an offense against God. And so if we're ever going to understand sin, how to defeat sin, how to view sin, how to deal with sin, how to avoid sin, you can never do those things accurately until you first understand that it's first a sin against God. Mm-hmm. It's against God first and foremost. So I just thought that was a good quote. It's a great book, too. It's simple books. So I would recommend either one of these, Thoughts for Young Men, mm-hmm. um, J.C. Ryle, and then also The Pursuit of Holiness, Jerry Bridges. We'll link those in the podcast, and we'll also send them out maybe in the blog um, tomorrow as we do our weekly update. Top movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got I've got. I've got three. There's more. There's so more. But more. these are three. If and the way I described it was, if they're on, I'm You're watching on. them, and or I'm like flipping away, and I try not to watch them, but I'm always coming back to these. And then, uh, so I and they're not like blockbuster films, I don't think. Um, and I've got a fourth one. I may add, The Knight's Tale. Mm. Um, I can't even remember the the dudes that are in it. Heath Ledger, I think, is like the main guy. I think it's him. He played the Joker, right, in the Batman, and then like, which one? I don't know. Like, yeah, so I think I, I think know. he's there. The Knight's Tale, it's hilarious. Uh, Italian Job, the Italian oh, Job, so good. which Mark was Wahlberg? a remake of the classic. Yeah, love that movie. Great. And then Any Born. I mean, any of the Born, which would then lead me to any of the Bonds. Oh, yeah. So no Bonds doubt. and Bournes, Night's Tale, and The Italian Job. If they're on, I can't stay away. I agree. I used to have the DVD even when DVDs were done, and I would still watch The Italian Job. I thought it was so cool. It's a cool storyline. It's a, it was just a yeah. cool movie. I mean, I like when they drive the Mini Coopers yes. through the little subway. Yes. They load things. them down with all the bricks for yeah, the money. It's, it's, it's so the cool. story of you did us wrong, we're getting you back. It's kind of like the Oceans movie. That's right. Oceans 12, yeah. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Didn't like <laughs> the all-girl version, not because it's like I'm against, you know. It's just not classic. Yeah, yeah. It's just I didn't like it. Lakin and I watched a movie the other day, and this was uh, – so this is like – this is a Disney Plus movie. Now, some will say two things. It's really good, and it was really terrible all at the same time. Ivan the Great. Ivan so the Great. it's about a – not a chimpanzee. What's the big thing called? It's about an ape. Right? Right? Is that what it is? A gorilla. gorilla. Yeah, it's a gorilla. That's right. So it's about the gorilla. He lived in the Atlanta Zoo. Um, And so he grew up with this, uh, really this guy, and then he kind of turned around and made this carnival-type show with him. Uh, They had a really great bond, this awesome relationship-type thing, and then uh, talked about all these animals and stuff, and then he took this little elephant under his wing, and then they wanted to leave because the elephant died. I mean, it's just, I'm not going to give it all away, but... But it was a great movie, but then at the same time, I told Lake, and I'm like, this is a terrible movie. And she's like, no, it's a really good movie. And I'm like, yeah, no, I just can't do animals. It's, but it it's made so, your top movie. I know. It's a, it was a good movie. but We it was had a, this conversation at the was, house we uh, did. a couple weeks ago. And it's, it's a sad movie, but I still remember it now. I'm like, man, it was a great movie. Just because you remember something, like we I remember know. the Holocaust. Yeah. It's not like one of our favorite moments, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, we just went way down with that moment. But <laughs> Force I mean, Gump's like, another. Force Gump's another. First, all right. Better. <laughs> Force Gump's another. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> 
I'm not watching a movie where where the dog dies. That's what um, we did every and it's time. Like that sad moment. Golly, I can't I can't do that. So there you go. That's some of our top songs, our top quotes, and yeah. some top movies that are trending in our lives. So maybe we'd like to hear back from you. What are some songs that are trending in your life? Some quotes that are trending currently in your life and and movies. Maybe mm-hmm. some movies we didn't mention. You're like, dude, y'all really Miss need this. to check this out. Comment. Um, I don't know how you can comment on the podcast. But it may just be you search up The Rock SM on Facebook or Instagram or you go to our website and you do the contact or you text us or you email us. Or, hey, if it's really that good, just call us and let us know. Um, so, But getting serious, I guess, um, with the point of the podcast, we do want to have some lighter moments and just talk about what's going on in our lives around the world and the culture, but also eventually, ultimately, get to um, the Word of God. So, oh, you know what? Before we do that, you, you love our our music, our podcast music. You were going to mention that, and you didn't. Yeah. So that's one of your top songs it. right now, yeah, our podcast. Top song. Yeah, I, I pretty much by heart know all of our intro songs, and they're incredible. I really got stuck on the one from our lives during the summer. I could quote it by heart if it's going. I just don't know how it goes. All now. right, so how do you quote something that doesn't have words? Dude, you could. With your vocal thoughts. Your vocal thoughts. <laughs> so, like, all right, so what you mean is, like, you could hum it. Yeah, you could, I think so. You could so. make that sound back. Okay? I think so. Uh, or at yeah. least whistle it. I think well, I could whistle it. I think that's Andy what I usually do. Okay, all right. So, uh, but now moving to the more serious. Tough topics. Uh, I, yeah, tough tough topics that come about from life, and, and uh, you're, you're going to kind of explain where we're going with it, I guess. Yeah, often life kind of gets in the way sometimes. Maybe we face something that we don't understand, maybe – um, we won't talk about all of these things, but sometimes we ask, you know, is God really in control in this situation? Why did my parents get a divorce? Why did this person die? Why did I lose my all of these different things? Why is a war? Why is the world at war? Why do I struggle with my sin? Well, I mean, like, what are these things? What is going on? Sometimes life just it just doesn't make sense, and so what we're going to do is talk about a few things and try to maybe help make sense of it. Here's the key, though: um, there's some things that we're never going to be able to answer. Um, we're never going to be able to have the definite, okay, well, here's your answer to your question, bam. Sometimes you just got to say, well, this is as far as I can take it, and we got to settle at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think you've got you've got four questions, and we really failed in getting these out to uh, where we had a, like a little poll we were going to give out. Well, we didn't, but, you, I mean, you, you could have still emailed us. Yeah, so, totally. Um, we didn't get any of those, so we've come up with our own that we think, hey, these are some pretty tough questions that we've gotten asked from time to time that comes up in not necessarily debates but conversations with non-Christians or Christians who are maybe weak in their faith or just not knowing, mm-hmm. you know. And so they're just kind of, I mean, with students, we just, I mean, they're in the process of, of knowing and learning these things. So the first one um is this, is God really in control? Um, that's the first one, right? Yeah. All right. So is, is God really in control? And when you think about the last couple of months and you think about the pandemic and you think about all the wildfires, you got a hurricane raging or a tropical storm that's made ground and it's going to dump like seven inches of rain on us the next couple of days. And you got the wars, you've got the political divides, you've got the racial tension, you got all of this stuff and you look around and you're like, okay, if this God is this good, and, you know, he is who he says he is and who you as Christians say he is, and he is that good, why is all of this mm-hmm. going on? Is your God really in control? Yeah, and in some ways we're going to talk about this very thing tonight in a way, why this is happening, mm-hmm. right? And so here's the first part of that answer is, is this. All of this shows us that the fall is real. 
Right. This discord, this brokenness that we see is total evidence that, look, chapter 3 of Genesis really happened. Yeah, and you can say that, like, it, it is by God's design, but, it, I mean, like, we know the result of what we're seeing. Totally. It's not that God designed it this way, but he allows it to happen yeah. this way. And there is, you know, good that's going to come out of it, which I'm going to really bring out in a couple points down the line. But tonight we really see it at the rock as we begin um, meeting together and we are in this imposter series and we're answering the question, why is freedom something that we needed in this life as a human race? Well, we went all the way back to Genesis 1 and then tonight we're in Genesis 2, which is the fall. And that's really the biggest answer to why we need to be freed is because we have been enslaved Mm -hmm. to ourselves, to sin, to idolatry, to seeing God and not acknowledging him as the greatest and seeking that out in other things. Therefore, we're, in, we're enslaved to that reality. We needed something. But to come back to the question, yeah, okay, so you're saying one little mistake brought all of this down. Is that really the case? So really, you don't know, but you're just saying, just trust us in this. I mean, like, how, how, how can we go deeper into, is God really in control? Yeah, I think it. one, it goes back to what you were just saying, that two things always happen with the Lord. He's either causing something to happen or he's at least at least allowing um, something to happen. So God is in control still in the midst of this, right? He's either allowing or controlling. We know, though, the one thing that we've got to be careful to say is, look, God is not the causer or the author of evil. He's not the one causing these bad things to happen. You know, we see all throughout Scripture these ideas of, um, these bad things happening and, and God turning them for good at the very end of uh, Genesis. I guess it starts in maybe 43, 45-ish, all the way through the end of the book, you get the story of Joseph. You get this beautiful picture of these, these group of guys who are all brothers and one stands out and he's uh, uh, got the favor of his father and everything seems to go really well for him, but his brothers turn on him. They throw him into a pit leave him for dead, they sell him into slavery, and then they, uh, out of slavery, he gets brought up in the king's house, Pharaoh's house, and then he gets taken down by Bathsheba, no, wrong story, Potiphar's wife, (laughs) same, similar story, (laughs) (laughs) but he runs away, he gets thrown back into the dungeon, he ultimately gets all the way back up, he meets his brothers again, and he utters these words, says these very thing in Genesis 50, uh, verse 20, he says, as for you, brothers... You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many should be kept alive as they are today. You see, God's plan was not thrown off by what his brothers did, but rather God meant what they were going to do for good. This was a part of God's plan. God created all things, and he saw that everything was good and very good. And then he hands those keys over to us, and we, not seeing this as being very good in our mind, thinking that there's an even better out there. And so the minute we began to thwart God's plan is the minute that we see this chain of events begin in our lives, and sin create this separation, and that separation meaning that God's direct hand of favor He was almost like, all right, you want this? There you go. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing today in light of all of these things, I mean, sometimes sickness comes. Sickness comes because of disease is a real thing. Why is disease a real thing? Because sin's a real thing, Mm -hmm. and perfection is not there. 
Um, so you're going to begin to see nature calling out. And through the wildfires, I mean, we can't blame wildfires on God when it was a, a gender reveal party, you know, that may have caused the wildfire. Um, so we can't put all of this in in God's court, any of this. This mm-hmm. is all due to sin. You've got a quote here that says, the absence of presence is not the presence of absence. And so the absence of God's presence, it feels like, is not the same thing as the presence of his absence mm-hmm. totally. And meaning just because we don't see God working doesn't mean he is working. He is constantly working mm-hmm. in his creation for our good and for his glory. Yeah. So, I mean, God means things for for good, and he is working right now. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, let's just think, I, I think you can say, is God really in control? Yes, he's in control. Otherwise, we would all be dead right now. I mean, but we're alive, and many of us are dry listening to this. You have power. You're listening to this. You have connection. Um, you have the ability to listen to a podcast. So, I mean, are things really, you know, that bad? But what about the person who is dying because of COVID? What about the person whose home is destroyed because of the fires? What about the people who are in the path of the hurricane? Is mm-hmm. God really good to them? Yes, he's good. But what you're seeing is the result of sin. So, yes, God is in control totally and fully in control. Nothing happens outside of his will and outside of his, you know, allowing in this world. So the second question, why did God let the fall happen? So it's a little progressive in Mm -hmm. the questioning. You know, is God really in control? Yes, we're seeing the effects of the fall. Okay, then, if God is really in control, why would he allow us to go through the ultimate uh uh-oh and mess up by the fall? I mean, if he's all-knowing, didn't he know that would happen? So why did God let the fall happen, Andrew? Yeah, you would you would think that if it was uh, your world, maybe you're saying at the house or in the car or wherever you're at, like if I was God, man, I would have totally done it different. I would have just not let the fall be a thing. I would have stopped them. I wouldn't have let Satan in. I wouldn't have let the snake come in and, and ruin everything. But we don't see God doing that. The reality is is that God allowed this 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 to happen. But here's what we do is ultimately we find clarity in who God is through the fall. I know that sounds kind of kind of weird, but we, we find clarity in God's grace. You, you don't know what grace is until you've experienced the need for grace, right? You, you experience His mercy. You experience His love even deeper than we ever could. How in the world are you supposed to experience God's forgiveness unless you need to be forgiven of something? There's these aspects that if it wasn't for the fall in some ways, we wouldn't have known maybe these aspects of God. Now, we got to say, Andrew, that's a little bit of speculation because God could have given us the full knowledge of all these things. But here's where we're at, and, and that, I think, has part to do with it. Yeah, I think so. And I can think practically as a father, I mean, the greatest wish for my kids outside of their knowledge of God and their love of God and, and honoring Him with their lives, so their direct relationship with me is this. I would always rather them show me that they love their mother and I, then just tell us. Mm-hmm. So if they never verbally said, I love you, but only ever showed their love for me, I would always choose actions over that. And so that gives me the clearest picture, mm-hmm. this experiential picture of that love for me. And in the same way, God, I mean, Adam and Eve, they knew that mm-hmm. God cherished them. I mean, he gave them the ability to know him, unlike the animals or any other created thing. They were the most cherished creation of God, and they knew that God loved them, but now they were about to see that in his discipline of them and throughout the course of the 
generations to come, God would express his love, show his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God has the opportunity to now show his love versus, you know, verbalize his love for because isn't that his whole hope and his whole goal? That, I mean, at least in, in what Scripture teaches us, right? His, his aim and his goal is for him to be most known and most glorified. He wants his people, his children to, to know him intimately, right? He, he's a chosen, he's allowed all that takes place for that very reason. Jonathan Edwards once said, God created the world not primarily to promote happiness, but to manifest his own glory. That kind of sounds weird today that, you know, God doesn't really care about our happiness to an extent, but he's most concerned with his glory. Mm-hmm. But here's what we find is when we enjoy God the most, that's when we're most fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's the point that I, I think the yeah. biggest point that I would make is ultimately we don't know. That's right. We, we don't know. The Bible does not say exactly why God allowed this to happen. So everything we're saying is, speculation after reading the Word of God Mm -hmm. and saying this is what we know to be true about God. And as we take these things that we know to be true about God and we process them, we spit out this answer that may or may not suffice different people. So ultimately, we don't know. What we do know is this, that God is good and His plans are perfect. Mm -hmm. We know those two things. There's plenty of scriptural evidence that would say that God is good and that His plans are perfect. So why He did it or why He didn't do anything I mean, that's up for debate unless he just, you know, plainly declares that in his word. But what we do know is this, whatever he does is good. Whatever he does is perfect. God has a reason for everything he does. We do know that. Mm -hmm. And the reason is what you just said. It's his glory, our good and his glory, with his glory reigning supreme over any reason he would do that. So how does that translate to this question? My simple answer would be this, and I'm just going to read it. Don't we learn more about the grace and mercy of God in our extreme moment of need? Like, we better understand his love. We better understand his love Mm -hmm. as he's pulling us from this pit. I mean, that would be my speculative answer of this question of of why God allowed us to fall was so we could experience being picked back up. That's when you know the love. That's when he affirms his love and actions towards us. But ultimately... You know, whatever he does is good. His plans are perfect, and he ultimately does whatever for his own glory. Yeah, because there is no other option. We are where we're at by the Lord's design. It, it is what it is <laughs> in some ways. He he has thought this this is the best route to do what he wants to do, and 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 and, and it is our goal then to to glorify him in that. So two questions down, two to go. Let's do What's it. What's the third question? Third question: Why do Christians still sin? Why do we still sin? How, how can I be seen as sinless by God but still sin? Yeah, so that, that's uh, it's almost two questions. Why yeah. do Christians sin? And then how can I be seen as sinless yeah. by God but still sin? So it's, but it's, it's really the same question, and it's still progressive. Uh-huh. So you've got, is God in control? Yes, we're seeing what we're seeing today because of the fall. Okay, then, then why did God allow the fall to happen? Well, he allowed it so we could understand this love. Okay, then. I understand his love. I've been picked up out of the pit, um, loved by him. He's shown this grace and mercy to me, to us as Christians. Well, then why in the world would Christians still sin? And I would say, I don't know. You know, I'm like, (laughs) right? I mean, like, that's, that's the question that I have for everybody, but mostly for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
And my answer would be because we're not perfected yet. That's right. There is still this battle for sin in our lives. I would say that the war is over. The victory is ours. That's what the, the believer, the Christ follower can say. The battle, though, it rages on daily. The battle against sin and flesh, the two are at odds in our life, or the two, sin and flesh, are the same. But then you've got this holiness, and then you've got this unholiness, and they're, they're battling every day. We've not mastered life. Mm-hmm. Remember, what we do, um, what we do call that which is imperfect. What do we call that? What, what do you call something that's imperfect or sinful? You know, you call it imperfect or sinful. <laughs> what is something that is not imperfect? It's got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're not. And so um, only one person lived that perfect life. And he laid down his life for the rest of us so that we could have what he has and we could be where he is and we could be forgiven of our sins. And so I would say, you know, personally for me, why do I still sin? Man, I don't, I don't, I mean, because of my flesh, because of mm-hmm. these these desires that I have, and I've not mastered them yet, though I seek to live a holy life and I'm, I'm marching that way, I still fall daily um, in my lives. So in this life, though it's covered by Christ's work on the cross, we still battle mm-hmm. and we still can fall into sin. But even then, we live with this in mind. And just want to read First John chapter 2, verse 1. And in this verse we see why John is writing to these people um, one of the reasons. He says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Um, Mm. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. I added one. So Jesus Christ, the righteous. And so even John is saying, look, you're going to sin. Sin is going to be reality. You're going to share about Paul, I believe, in just a minute, and, and his struggle I mean, these giants of the faith, I mean, you can look back just a few decades ago, and even currently, men of the faith, women of the faith, people of the faith fall daily, and it's when we take our eyes off of Christ that we fall. But in those moments, John affirms that there's still an advocate who's pleading to the Father on our behalf, and it's Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Because in some ways, it's the balance of two big words that are good to know, justification and sanctification. There is a time when God saves us and we are seen as perfect in His sight, a.k.a. atoned for. We've been cleaned by the blood of Jesus. We are taken care of. We can be with the Father. But that doesn't mean that we're perfect right then because we live in a fallen world. We are still fallen people. There's the second word, sanctification, that needs to be had, this process of looking more like Jesus that hopefully, since I've been walking with the Lord, that I look more like Jesus than I did before. But I think what Chris is saying is that it is helpful, you know, that it is helpful to know that you're not in this alone, that even Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, he struggled with these things. Mm-hmm. So so why do we still sin? Because it, it's not over. God is redeeming this, right? God is, God is redeeming us. He's redeeming all things, and one day we'll be in the new heavens, a new creation, and all will be perfect, but we're not there yet. No, and it all goes back. All of these three questions are all connected, um, and it all goes back to Genesis 1, perfection. Very good. Everything is as it should be. Men have distorted that, and we're still seeing the effects of that today. I mean, just kind of a humorous way. I was thinking, you know, back in the day, I mean, you got Adam naming all the animals. I mean, you got a little 
a little or big mid-sized tiger lion <laughs> coming up and he's just not petting it as if it's you know rye or if it's you know kirby or cash and which are our dogs and so i mean just petting them you know laying on them i saw this facebook video of this kid um he climbed off his his baby bed and the dog's bed was right at the floor and he just goes and lays down with the dog and he's like rolling all over the dog and the dog is just being patient and i'm like that's almost a pre-fall tiger is what that is right there (laughs) but then what happened when when the fall happened it wasn't just our situation Mm -hmm. that changed i mean all of a sudden the tiger went from a house cat to a roaring beast of the forest that would take you down and and have you for dinner. Mm-hmm. The nature, I mean, the heavens and the earth, I mean, the weather patterns, everything was affected by that one action. And all of a sudden, what they, you know, they, they wanted this full wisdom to know and to see as God, and then they did. They saw that, you know what, at the end of the day, God would say, you're not me. And yep. because of that, you know what, and you know that now, Things have changed forever. The last question is this. Why should I and how do we love those who are unlovable? Or maybe it's better to use the same pronoun there, or personal pronoun. Is Why should I and how do I love those who are unlovable? Um, so, I mean, in a world that is filled with people of different beliefs, I mean, we've, we've talked about, you know, our view of creation in the sense of where did you know, the sin problem come. We've gone all the way back to the garden and we went to, you know, does God know what he's doing? Is God in control? Why didn't he stop things? We know the problem um, of the world and that's sin. We know where that comes from. Well, what about when you meet people who are like us, sinners, but maybe unlike us, not changed by the grace of God? How do I still love the unlovable? I think you love in a way that Jesus has loved you. Isn't that what, I mean, we just read First John just a minute ago. And the same way we see that in First John four nineteen that we love. Why? Because he first loved us. We take this love that we have and we give it to others. We show it in the same way. Yeah, I think, I think that's where I'm at too because it's, it's, it's showing the same love that you've been shown. Um, we mentioned this earlier about a God who is proving his love to us past words and into actions. And now we've been given this same call to not love in, in word only, but in deed. And that's seen best when we, salt and light, go out and actually live salty, bright lives. And what's difficult is, yeah, that's easy when you meet someone who's lovable but when you meet someone who's unlovable what do we want to do with the flesh says punch them back hit them back um, run them off the road you know tell them the number one with you know many different fingers or whatever you want to retaliate that's our flesh that's Mm -hmm. what our sinful nature wants to do though the word of god says no we are to love them and that's that's difficult i mean Mm -hmm. and and there's some people that are unlovable that are easy to easier to love than some unlovables. But I think the key is is to see that when God viewed us, he didn't give up. His pursuit was um, was vigorous, was um, intentional, was never ending towards us. And so then um, I need to show that same love to others. Now, I, I would think the biggest question is, and, and it is asked, how do I do that? I think that may be what mm-hmm. is different. Yeah. I don't think the difference comes in, should I love this person or not? I should. Yeah. It's more seen in, in the how, right? Yeah. And in some ways, it's, it's extremely um, uh, specific to each person. 
in some ways, there's you're in a situation in your life around certain people that I can't exactly say, this is exactly how you should respond to this exact thing. Anything could come up at anywhere, at the gas station at Walmart or or when you're in uh, Chick-fil-A with your fr- I mean, anything can happen at any time. You just have to be wise in how you respond to that. Yeah, and I think it then that gets us back to, all right, so what is a good broad advice? Because of the saying, uh, you know, it's easy for you to say. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I could not know your yeah. situation with whoever, and then you ask me, hey, what should I do? Well, you need to love them. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know the intricate details of that situation to tell you specifically what you mm-hmm. need to do, right. but broadly, you need to love them. Now, only you can tell, yeah, I, I'll love them from a distance or I can love them up close. And I know that there's there's a lot of times that I need to walk away. Well, some of those times would be when I feel like I'm being dragged into something that is sinful or dangerous, not good for me at all. I need to back up a few steps, but I can still love them from far away and from further away. But above all, I love the message of Paul to Titus, who is a young preacher, pastor that Paul has left in Crete to put what remained into order. So Paul, writing to this young guy, this young guy is in a place that he probably doesn't want to be in, around a people he probably doesn't want to be around, and the overall counsel that Paul gives to him is, look, I need you and the people there, the church, to simply go out into culture and be good and do good. And at the end of the day, the most broad thing that we can do in any situation that we're met with that requires us and calls us to love them, even when they're unlovable, is to just just be good and to do good, to um, look back on the counsel that is God's Word and see what the words of Christ have said, Paul has said, and then you act on that. Much of Paul's letters to all these churches that we read about, him starting and visiting in Acts, and then later on in the New Testament, he's writing back to all these guys, deals with the Christian responding to a culture that is opposing the gospel that they're spreading. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much wisdom there in how we can respond to a culture who is, is, is opposite of us. But I think in the end, it's that be and do good. Show mercy, extend grace, love firmly, using wisdom. Now, that's where we get to specific application in each situation for each person. So we've hit a couple of difficult questions, haven't we? But here's what we can say. Though we don't always have a specific answer to every single one of our questions, we know that God's Word in some way brings clarity to every single situation. He 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 speaks to us through His Word. Isn't that what, that's what Hebrews um, chapter 1 says, that that though God has said many things in many ways, He's finally spoken through 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 Jesus. Hebrews one um, verse one and verse two. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Spirit. Um, he's spoken to us through. Uh, he's spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things. Through Him whom he also created the whole world. So here's what we see. God used to speak in a lot of different ways through a lot of different people, but now he's finally said what he's got to say through Jesus, and we see that in his word. Everything that we need for this life is found in God's word. Yeah, we see the better word in the word itself. Yep. Um, God has documented for us Old Testament foretelling 
um, what would be coming, and this word becomes flesh and dwells among us. And so now we've got not only the written word of God, we've got the actual word of God living and walking. Now, for us, we call that the Bible. We look back um, and we see the words of God written down, but then within the word of God, we see the word made flesh dwelling among us. And so we're able to read the word about the word, you know, and that gives us great counsel on how we are, how we are to respond and what we are to know as we go um, through life. So, you know, like we walk away from this podcast almost like a little mini sermon or a Bible mm-hmm. study. I mean, there is application. We've approached the word. We've sought after um, the counsel of God through his word. So now I think a call to action is let's trust the one who does know it all. And even when we can't see some of these clear answers, we can still cling to the one who is not only um, in possession of the answers, but is within himself the answer. So let him do the guiding. We follow. We're content with what he's given us, the knowledge, um, the gifts, whatever. And for anything that is just uncertain, we trust that he is a good God. His plans are perfect. He's never lied. He never will lie. He's faithful. You know what? We're, we're going to trust him in mm-hmm. that. That's it. So, hey, uh, we mentioned this before. It is Wednesday for us, September 16th. Um, and so we are anticipating a great night tonight together at The Rock. We're hoping that you have attended, you will attend. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, probably probably afterwards. So we're, we hope you came. Um, hope you were safe. And if you didn't come and you're listening to this on Thursday and you're like, totally didn't know you guys were doing in person, the good news is um, you can go and you can watch that service online. You can go to therocksm.org uh, where you can find a lot of different information. Uh, amongst um, information, you can find our YouTube link and our Facebook link. Within those two outlets, you can find um, both the live service if you're watching live, or you can watch the recorded message. And, you know, the good thing COVID has brought to us is the ability now to stream Wednesday nights. And so we've got six months worth of Wednesday night um, services from The Rock on those websites. And starting tonight, we'll have the next six months moving forward. So whether you're live or or watching online, we hope that you did join us tonight. Um, But we thank you for for listening to and enduring, maybe, I don't know which one it was for for you, this this podcast of The Rock. And so we love doing it. Uh, We love talking, as you can tell. And we love talking with one another. And we love sharing that with you. We would love to have um, your feedback. We would love to know of any topics that you would love to hear us talk about. So you can let us know those things by emailing Chris or Andrew at rootvilleroad.org. Um, you can go to Facebook and comment. You can go to YouTube and comment. Um, you can text us. You can whatever. Send a pigeon if you want to. Um, but let us know some things that you would love to hear us discuss on the Rockcast. So um, I'm Chris, and I will talk to you later. We'll see you guys. You've been listening to The Rockcast, a podcast of The Rock Student Ministries. For more information about our church or our ministries, check out therocksm.org.